Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Good to be in the studio with you this morning. And uh, we are studying the book of Jude. This is uh, session 13. Uh, so I encourage you to go back and avail yourself to the previous 12 sessions that are located on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. There you can hit the donate button and be a blessing to this ministry, or you can text your blessing to 903-231-5950. We mail six expositor study Bibles every week to inmates across the land. We just this week, as of yesterday, have mailed 1,088 Bibles, expositor study Bibles, to inmates across the land. will be four years next month, so it's a great blessing. $37 per Bible. You can put the a Bible, that Bible, into the hands of an inmate. I just encourage you to pray about helping us do that. And again, you can text your giving, and one of the options will be that, uh, to send the Bible to the inmate to 903-231-5950. Well, we're excited. Uh, camp meeting, determined camp meeting, is going to be here starting this next Thursday night through Sunday morning. Thirteen ministers will be here ministering the Word of God all weekend long. There will be free lunch served Friday and Saturday if you're here for the sessions. And uh, it's just going to be a fabulous time in the Lord. People coming from all over uh, this country, several states represented. And we're just excited about what the Lord is going to say and what the Lord is going to do this year. And our theme this year is All In. These ministers are all in. That means they have stepped into that place that Paul found that God is determined to work in absolutely nothing but the truth, Psalms 33 and 4. And that's why Paul realized that the reason the apostle Paul became determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified is because he finally saw that God works in nothing other than Faith in Christ and Him and Christ and Him crucified. So Amen. you've never been to a camp meeting quite like this. I can promise you that. The praise and worship will be phenomenal, and the ministers and the word that they bring, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation, you don't want to miss that. And we begin Thursday night, uh, right here this next week. So I'll be ministering Wednesday night, the night before. So for us, camp meeting starts Wednesday and goes through Sunday morning. We do have people that will be here as early as Wednesday night for camp meeting. So I, I tell you, if you're anywhere in this area, you need to come and be a part of this. Uh, forget about your church for a, for a night or two, and don't worry about it. You don't have to leave your church. Just come and be a part of some of these meetings, and I promise you, God Almighty, will speak into your life. Amen. And you will be changed. Amen. You will be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Today is my wife Robin's 50th birthday. Whoop, did I tell you how old she was? <laughs> well, she looks good for 50. She's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen inside and out. She's a great yeah. blessing to me. She's Amen. my better half. My good thing, as the Bible calls it. So, happy birthday, Robin Suzanne. I love you. Uh, so, today, back to the Word. We're in Jude. It only has one chapter. And uh, it's been a great session. It's not over yet. Uh, but I also want to remind everybody before we dig in here that I'm teaching Romans right now, every thir Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page right over from my office. Uh, that's just an exclusive internet. That's not a Bible study like this where you can come and be in the studio, but that's every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, and uh, it's also uploaded to the website and the YouTube channel. And uh, I just want to encourage you, uh, tune in if you want to learn the Word of God as it is truth in righteousness, and you will be blessed. So, let's scroll down this morning, because uh, as, again, there's only one chapter in Jude, and there's only 25 verses in Jude, but I want us to look down, skip, we're not going to miss anything, we're going back this morning, got some good stuff 
this morning, but I want us to look down at verse 24 because this really gives uh, right here when this letter is about to be closed out, uh, the, the really the great purpose of you and I uh, being stirred by God, awakened by God unto the place of contending for the faith, not just going to a church, not just reading a chapter or two a day, not just praying, not just uh, uh, doing the things that I'm called to do, but really one of the m most precious and powerful and most important places we're called to is to contend for the faith. Amen. And that's what this whole letter is about. It's, this letter was written to stir and to awaken the church to be aware of what's going on. And if it was going on back in this day, and we'll see that it was even going on thousands of years ago this morning, that you and I need to wake up and begin to contend for the faith because if we're not contending for the faith hear me we're being seduced mm -hmm. you're either yeah. standing for the faith contending for the faith mm -hmm. or you're being carried away right. and right. if you don't agree it's you're already carried right. away right. you may be in church every week and uh, but you listen it's time to quit just sitting by and saying well i know my preacher's not preaching uh, really like he ought to preach uh, you know and you know that because you're hearing some of these other preachers preach the truth mm -hmm. it's not okay with God that you just keep sitting there mm -hmm. because you have a relationship with him or, or because you say we have great unity there is no unity in God's eyes outside the unity of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and there is no unity of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ unless the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ is being preached. Mm -hmm. That means the message of the cross. Mm -hmm. That means God's word opens and we're pointed to the cross. You see, God's word is truth, but every word is in righteousness. Mm -hmm. And here's something the Lord is really showing me, and I hope that he would uh, give you eyes to see. He will if you want to see. Mm -hmm. Amen. If you will look. Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Mm -hmm. So when truth is heard, righteousness, not ours, not what we have to go do, but the righteousness of God by faith in Christ Jesus and His work at the cross, that's what's seen. Mm -hmm. See, when truth is heard, the righteous path is revealed that the Holy Spirit will lead you down. If righteousness, the righteousness of God, which is by faith, is not being seen, you're not hearing truth. Truth may be being presented to you, but you're not hearing it. Or it may not be being presented to you, even though it's God's Word, it may be being held outside of its righteous context. Romans 1 and 18, write it down. And then God is resisting. That's why there can be no growth. There can only be a frustration and an anger. And I just can't get past this point because God's Word is being held. God's truth is being held in, its in an unrighteous context. And we can get in the pulpit or we can study on our own and be taught by ourselves or others and it not be the Holy Spirit. The Bible, once again, Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Mm -hmm. But a, deceit, a, a, a deceitful witness, let's look at that. I'll get it right here. Mm -hmm. yeah. Proverbs 12, 17. I always quote the first part, but the last part's very important. But a false witness... Deceit. Uh -huh. That right. means he that's yeah. using God's word, mm -hmm. but outside of its righteous context, right. is a deceitful witness. That's right. A false witness, and all he can do is use God's word in a false manner. When God's word is presented properly as truth that it is, righteousness is revealed. And that means not what you have to go do, but what the Lord did at Calvary, your faith in that, that made you righteous in Christ, that made you a servant of righteousness, Romans chapter 6. And when our faith remains in that, we're allowed to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. But that's only as we hear truth and righteousness is seen. Righteousness is always seen when I'm hearing truth. That's right. Amen. 
If I'm not seeing the righteous path of God, which is faith in Christ and Him crucified, and what the Holy Spirit can now do in me exclusively through that faith alone, I'm not hearing truth, or either I am hearing it, but I'm rejecting it. So, anyway, so if we look at verse 24 in Jude, we see this. Now unto Him, talking about God, that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. See, this is the goal for you and me, to be able to read the book of Jude, to be stirred by the Holy Spirit, to be awakened by the Lord, and to be able to realize, notice those things that are not of God. They have a form of godliness. They may be like the church in Sardis. We read about in Revelation chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 that had a name that they were alive. They had more activities and conferences and events and, and, and things for the kids, the, the older, the married, the sick. Oh, they had a name that they were alive, Jesus said, but they were dead. Think about that. Oh, 90-something percent of the true blood-bought, born-again church is there today because they've moved their faith from the cross. Oh, they will never say that the cross didn't save them what Christ did there, but now today they're trusting in all these schemes and golden calves and the purpose-driven, the government of 12, the, 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 the walk of Emmaus, oh, something new every year, but, and it has to be because last year's won't work. This year's what they bring won't work. The only thing that allows God the Holy Ghost to work in your life is the same thing that allowed God to save you. Uh That's faith in Christ and Him crucified. And so the letter written is so that we can be kept, look at verse 24, from falling. Mm -hmm. So that we can be presented faultless before the presence of God's glory with exceeding joy. That means we can fall. There's a chance we won't be presented Faultless before the, listen, I know the Calvinistic deception, and Mr. Calvin had some things right, but he missed the boat on several things, such as unconditional eternal security. There's no such thing that doesn't exist. If that existed, everybody's going to heaven. Yeah. But it, because it's not unconditional. It's based, it's, it, it's always like this by grace, that's what God does. Through your faith. Without that last part, Uh you're not going. And even if you got in the kingdom, if your faith doesn't remain in Christ and in crucified, you only have a form. It's deceiving you. Mm -hmm. You're not walking with God. You think you are. But you're not if your faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ in that alone. The Bible declares that. I hope you've been tuning in and you're learning that. That that's what the book of Jude's about. Wake up and realize you've been out of the way. You've been seduced. I speak from experience. I was there for years. You can think you've got it going on with God, and you, you're not even walking with the Lord. It doesn't matter that you love him. The crackhead loves his mother, but he can't experience that because when she turns her back, he tries to rob her. It's the same way with with, with God's children. When we move our faith from the cross of Christ, we begin to play the role of a harlot, spiritual adultery. We're trusting in other things that we do than what Christ did at Calvary. And God is waking, waking his church up from this deception, these Us being seduced by doctrines of devils. He is waking his church up. I pray that you'd be a part of that. But you're going to have to do just what the father of faith did, Abraham. Abram, you're going to have to get up and get out. And you're going to have to get back in the faith. That's going to require a departure, a separation from those who won't walk in this way with you. Two, listen, the Bible says in Amos, can two walk together if they right. don't agree? Uh-huh. The Bible means no. You can't walk with anybody unless you're agreed with them. Right. Amen. Amen. So, I wanted to read that verse 24 to you because that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit desiring to stir us, awaken us unto righteousness, under the reality of true faith and grace. And when He's able to do that, 
It's going gonna, it's gonna to make a huge difference in your life, your family's life, and all those that know you. Yes, some you will be the stench of death in them, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, but some you will be a, a, a life unto life because, listen, there's a, most people aren't looking for a, 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 the, the true move of God, the true way of God. They just want to uh, hear what it is and go along with the crowd and the big numbers. But the move of God will never be among the big numbers. It never has been. It never will be. So let's get back up here to where we are today, which is in verse 12. And we read it last week. We'll read it again this week. It's talking about these people. And this, man, this church is almost 2,000 years old. And so this was written about way back then. And it was a problem then. And it is a massive problem now. They're not just creeping in among the true believers now. There's entire denominations that are nothing more than creepers. Entire seminaries that are nothing more than creepers training men and women how to go out and be creepers. That means creeping and changing the grace of God into lasciviousness. They're ungodly. I don't care how well they look, how well they speak. Listen, even those that preach the message of the cross with some gifted orating ability where the people are more attracted to the way they can speak is taking the power away from the gospel. People, listen, I, listen, you need to hear that. We don't need to follow the, the, the perfect orating ability of men. We need to follow simply the message of the cross, the gospel, the truth of Almighty God. And there are gifting, they're gifted teachers. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about men that are, uh, uh, try to sound in a certain way. They have to go learn a new word to present to the congregation before they preach and for the purpose of making them look like they're really intellectual. Listen, God don't need nothing but some stinky fishermen and some old tax collectors that'll just believe Jesus is the answer and what He did at Calvary covered it all and that they'll just be filled with the Holy Spirit and carry this gospel to the ends of the earth. That's all He needs. He doesn't need all the other stuff. As a matter of truthfully speaking, all the other stuff takes away from the power of the cross. Amen. Amen. So in verse 12, the Bible says, These are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, Amen. carried about of winds, Amen. talking about winds of doctrine, Amen. trees whose fruit withereth. Now we talked about that last week. Uh, you, you can have uh, some that ha have fruit that withers, and today we're going to dig into this next part, these that are without fruit. They have no fruit. They don't have any fruit. And men who have no fruit, some of these men have had fruit that withered, but some of them never have had fruit. And some that have had fruit now have no fruit because they've turned away from the message of the cross. They've opted out of that for the sanctified, victorious life we can live in Christ and they've chosen one of these other golden calves in the eyes of God and now they have no fruit and Jesus taught in John 15 that we have fruit more fruit much fruit and fruit that remains mm -hmm. so that our heavenly father will be glorified the heaven our heavenly father can't be glorified in fruit that you had but no longer have mm -hmm. if you don't have fruit mm -hmm. the father can't be glorified and the holy spirit cannot produce fruit that you can bear unless your faith is in the truth He's revealing to you. Mm -hmm. Truth has a name. Mm -hmm. Jesus. That's it. Yes. And what He did at Calvary Amen. is the only thing that makes Amen. the Word of God truth to you. Mm -hmm. Jesus, experiential truth to mm -hmm. you. And I know people try to separate Jesus from the Word of God, but listen, He is the Word of God that was made flesh. Hear that. He said in John 5, 39, the Scriptures are about Him. Think about that. If we can't open our Bibles and have by the Holy Spirit Jesus presented to us, who is the truth in person, through our faith in what He did at Calvary, we're off track. We're being seduced. Mm -hmm. 
The Bible's not about football teams and baseball teams and jokes. The Bible, Jesus said, is about Him. That is right. And the Holy Spirit's only going to reveal that which is of Jesus, that which Jesus provided through His death at Calvary. So again, you can't separate the written Word of God that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path from Jesus who said, I am the light. You can't separate those two. And so if it's the Holy Spirit doing the teaching, He's teaching truth. That means He's teaching you about Jesus and what's been provided to you by your faith and what He did for you at Calvary. And listen, nobody's being led by the Holy Spirit unless they're walking after His leading by believing what He's teaching them and He only teaches them truth. Truth liberates. Truth gets you on the right path. Truth brings you victory where sin no longer dominates you. Truth gives you directional mm -hmm. wisdom so that you can walk where God's called you to specifically walk in your gifting and calling specifically. Truth is the only thing that can do that. Not going to church, reading your Bible, prayer life, all of which are good, but only as you hear the truth mm -hmm. can you follow after the one walking after the Spirit who is leading you in all truth. Amen. See, it's kindergarten. It's kindergarten. And people are coming back to the ABCs of Christianity. Amen. Because that's where the power of God is. So it says without fruit. It says they're twice dead. Twice dead. Now let's talk about that. We'll move on. But every human being that's ever been born... From the time Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they, they, they can only produce after their kind now, and their kind is sinners. Mm -hmm. So every human being that's ever been born is born. When we get here, we're conceived, David said, in iniquity. We're born in iniquity. We're born dead. We're walking dead people. Mm -hmm. We're dead. What does that mean? That means we're separated from God because of our sins. Right. That's what death is, separation. When you and I are born, you're not an innocent little baby. You're a sinner. You were conceived in iniquity. You're a sinner when you arrive. You don't become a sinner when you start sinning. You start sinning because you are a sinner. That's what we are. And we're born into this life dead. That's the purpose Jesus told Nicodemus. You can't see the kingdom or enter it. You can't enter it or even see it until you're born again. You have to be born again because at the moment you're dead. But you must, even by faith, accept Christ and His death on behalf of your being separated from God, guilty of sin, so that God, through that and that alone, can reconcile you back to Himself. That's the old song. Come home, O ye sinners. Come back to God. When we're born, we're separated, dead. We're dead and we're without fruit. The Bible says That's when right. we were without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When we were without strength and hope, we were guilty and separated from God. We were dead when we got here. But you don't have to leave dead. Mm -hmm. You can be born again. You can be alive in Christ. The Christian can also become dead again. Right. It's in your Bible. Paul said it in Romans 7, 9, For I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, he met Christ, he received Christ, he trusted Christ was the Lord. Lord, what will you have me do? Paul, Saul, rather, said to Christ. But then he, he, he later he begins to turn and try to live according to the commandments as a Christian, spirit-filled Christian. And he says when the commandment came, it means when he brought the commandment back in for living for God, mm -hmm. the sin nature revived. Yes. And I died. Mm -hmm. But he didn't fall physically dead. What does it mean then for the Christian to be dead? Jesus told, told the church in Sardis through John. I've already mentioned it this morning. You have a name that you're alive. Everybody thinks you're the church that's alive that's worth a drive from across the country. Oh, you got it going on, but you're dead. What does it mean for the Christian to be 
dead. It means we've been separated now, not from being a son or a daughter of God. We've been separated now from grace. We've been separated from fellowship. We've been separated from grace. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. And listen, Christ can no longer profit us or affect us. That means we're, we're, we're living as though we're dead men again. We're living as though we're dead men again. Because if we're trusting anything other than Christ and what He did at Calvary, we're living as though we're back under the law. And under the law is a curse. And the curse is death. So if I'm trusting in a dream catcher, I'm trusting in me quoting anything, even me quoting God's Word, that's me doing something, and that's not what Christ did for me. It's that simple. It's that narrow. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Woo! Aren't you glad you know this today? Mm -hmm. You ought to wake up every morning praising God that I know the truth. I'm not better than anybody, but He's teaching me the truth. He's showing me. He's stirring me and awakening me to contend for the faith. The Christian can also become dead again. The Christian was before dead in their sins, before they were alive in Christ. But now without proper faith in the cross of Christ, they return to death and fruit cannot be bare. That's what happens. Paul said he died. Jesus told the church in Sardis, you're dead. The Christian can be blind. 2 Peter 1.9, if you're taking notes, write it down. Peter said you can go blind if you forget you were purged from your old sins. And you do forget it when you start trusting in something else. Think about this. When we start trusting in something else for the power over sin, the victory over sin, or the provision of God by something we're doing, pleasing God by something we're doing instead of our faith just being in Christ and what He did, we're in trouble. It won't work because the Holy Spirit only works through our faith in Christ and what yeah, He did in right. Calvary. That's right. Think about that. That's right. And, and let me say it again. I, 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 I've stopped saying we go back under law. Now, I'm not saying we don't, but this is the way I've started saying this. We, we begin to live as though we're under law again. You can do that. Ephesians 5.15 says uh, don't live as though you're a fool. That means you can. I read verse 24 in Jude. That means, let me read it again this morning. Uh, he, God's able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from falling. If you'll be stirred, let Him stir you and wake you up to the place of contending for the faith. Not a faith. The faith. To recognize the false ministers. And, and, and to not be uh, fearful of telling folks that's not right what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. Listen, you're going to have to do that. Yeah. You don't tell your kids go out and play, but if you see anything weird, uh, you know, uh, you better stay away from it. No, you tell your kids you can go out and play, but you know that third house right over there? If that man comes out of that house over there, old Joe in that house over there, you get back in the house. Amen, that's right. You do that for your kids. Yes, you Amen. Do. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, you need to understand, you as a child of God can walk in a place of death. Now, I know the Calvinistic view is, well, they're not really saved. No, they just don't. Let me tell you something. Those folk don't understand the Bible. Mm -hmm. All these promises that we've been given, they all come with warnings. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from falling. It doesn't say he's just going to throw you over his shoulder and carry you to the finish line. No, he can keep you from falling if you wake up. And every person who's ever heard me preach, it is your wake up call. It is your wake-up call. It, you, you, you not only have a choice to make, but you have a responsibility Amen. once you hear the truth Amen. and the focus being Christ and Him crucified. You have a responsibility. Amen. And God is offering you the much when He gives you the truth. Amen. And we ask ourselves many times, why can they not? It, it, it's not cannot. Why will they not? Hear this, receive this, subject themselves to this truth, the message of the cross. Mm -hmm. They say it's because they don't like that preacher. They say it's because they don't this, that, and the other. All these, a whole list of excuses, but the Bible says. Mm -hmm. 
the secret of the Lord is with them mm -hmm. who fear Him. Yes. And to them He shows His covenant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those that fear Him, mm -hmm. people who are making excuses why they're not going to come back to the cross, they don't fear God. They fear the crowd. They fear what mama would say if they left the church that's been in their lineage for 120 years. They fear men. And the Bible says that the fear of man is a snare. It's like a steel trap. It'll hold you paralyzed. And you, oh, you, you imagine being caught in a steel trap. That's what the fear of man is. It just holds you. You can't pro proceed. You can't move forward. You can't grow. The, just fear is dominating you. You're just calling. You're just crying out, crying out. And God, all of a sudden, one day, somehow gets the truth to you. Mm -hmm. The truth of Christ and Him crucified is the power of the Holy Spirit that opens that steel trap, that fear of men, and put it delivers you from that and brings you into the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And there, my friend, you begin to walk with the secret of the Lord, and there alone does God show them His mm -hmm. covenant. That's Psalms 25, 14, if you're taking notes. Mm -hmm. So the Bible also here says in Jude that they are plucked up by the roots. They're plucked up by the roots. Jeremiah chapter 12 verses 15 through 17 says, And it shall come to pass after that I have plucked them out, I will return and have compassion on them. Talking about Israel. And will bring them again, every man to his heritage and every man to his land. And it shall come to pass, if they will diligently learn the ways of my people to swear by my name, the Lord lives. As they taught my people to swear by Baal, then shall they be built in the midst of my people. But if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. So it's really not talking about Israel there. It's talking about these other nations who, who taught these people. Let's read verse 16 again. It shall come to pass if they will diligently learn the ways of my people. My people. They will learn the ways of my people to swear by my name the Lord lives. As they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be built in the midst of my people. But if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. Listen, Jesus taught this about in John 15, again, the Calvinistic view won't accept it because they're bound in heresy, that unconditional, that once saved, always saved. That's, that's a bunch of garbage, if you will. That's a bunch of heresy. That's, that's not biblical. You just have to keep... Again, that's the fear of man. You have no scripture to back that up. And the scripture you try to use, you use it out of context. Listen, let me tell you about maturing in the things of the Lord. If, you, if you've been holding to a scripture because you've been taught this certain thing about this scripture, and then God reveals a scripture to you over here and another scripture over here that obviously and blatantly refutes what you've been believing about this scripture, you have got to let what you've been believing about that go. You can't just keep holding on to that because mama believes it. Daddy believes it. Listen, don't let mama and daddy's unbelief, mama and daddy's whatever, keep you from moving forward in the truth. Jesus said, if you put anybody in your life that's more important than me, mm -hmm. he's the truth. Mm -hmm. And you learn about the truth about him in the word, then you're not worthy mm -hmm. of him. You can't walk with Jesus if you're just going by what some man says. You have to be led of the yes. Spirit, and He only leads in truth. Mm -hmm. You're not growing if you can't let go of what's false. Anything false is heresy, and it's not false because I say it's false. It's false. This once saved, always saved is false because it's unbiblical. Mm -hmm. There are too many scriptures that refute it. And when you talk to these people, they just eventually have to get mad and walk away because they've only got one or two little verses they use and they're using it out of context. So, now, let's go on with this. They're twice dead. 
They're without fruit. They're twice dead. They're plucked up by the roots. And Jesus taught in John 15, listen now, here it comes, every branch in me. There, there are no branches in Christ that have not been born again. That's the only way you can be in Christ is through your faith in the sacrifice provided by Him for you concerning your sins. And when you believe that in your heart, you are a wild olive branch grafted in to the true vine, Jesus Christ. And he teaches this in John 15. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, my Father will take it away, take it out. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that you, listen, they bring psychological men's wisdom into this instead of just believing what Christ has said. The only ones who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying are those who just... They just depend on the Word of God, not the psychology and wisdom of men that tries to explain away the power of truth. You need to understand that. You can live as though you're a fool. You can become blind. You can become dead as children of God. You can fall. You can be in a place. You can live in a place where you're away from grace thinking you're receiving the grace of God because you're crying out because of all the things you're doing. But we don't get the grace of God by what we do. We get the grace of God by the one thing our faith is in. That's Christ and Him crucified. You can be out of the way and think you're walking in the most holy place and be far away from it. Listen, the great white throne is going to be full of those people. Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that in your name? He's going to disappoint them so much. And really the reality, they're going to realize how disappointing they've been to themselves. Mm -hmm. How fake they've been. They were doing it all for themselves. Mm -hmm. They were doing it all because of the crowd that surrounded them. Jesus calls them workers of iniquity. Are your works today the result of your faith in Christ and Him crucified? Because that's the only way the Holy Spirit is doing the work. The moment I begin to read a book and trust in something that book tells me I have to go do to find deliverance of sin or to even be born again or to have the provision of God or whatever, anything outside of faith in the cross, I remove myself from the grace that could come to my life. Think about it. So these these men, these people are also in verse 13 of Jude, raging waves of the sea, mm-hmm. foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness mm-hmm. of darkness forever. Mm-hmm. Now think about it. Never lose the context of what we're studying. These men and women creep into the church with a purpose. They creep in. That means we've accepted them. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We've accepted them. They say, they're saying what we're saying, but they're not meaning it the way we mean it. They're saying some of the same things. It's like Joseph Prince and some of these Grace Revolution people. They say a lot of things that are right. They have to to be able to creep in among us. And then they tell you you don't have a sin nature. That means you can't understand much of the New Testament. And they tell you you don't ever have to repent again. Because God's grace is so great and so powerful, it's beyond what we can fathom. And I believe that statement. But then they begin to bring their own thoughts about how God's grace is so... It's so great you never even have to repent when it's written in the Bible to repent. And in some places in Revelation to the churches, if they don't repent and overcome, their names, Christians' names, will be blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life oh, I don't believe that, then you're not a Bible believer. You've got about five to ten verses you're using according to the way you want to live and be led after the flesh. But you've got to leave all that and come back to being a Bible believer. And if the church is told in the New Covenant to repent and overcome, and when they do, their names won't be blotted out, again, back to the heresy of once saved, always saved. If that were real, I wouldn't need to even be hearing that. Think about it. And somebody said, glory to God, I'm being stirred, I'm being awakened, not by somebody's opinion, but by the truth. Amen. The truth. Hallelujah. Yes. So, Amen. 
The, let's read Ephesians chapter 4, and I, I might have talked about this last week, but Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, the minister's job, the minister's mission, the fivefold uh, mission of the minister is to teach the truth, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, but also in verse 14 of Ephesians 4, so that we, from now on, be no more tossed to and fro. It's time to take a stand, my friend. Mm -hmm. It's time you begin to be equipped for the work of the ministry. It's time you begin to hear the truth, believe the truth, walk in the truth, and contend for the faith in the truth. Amen? Mm -hmm. if he, Amen. he says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Amen. And carried about mm -hmm. with every wind of doctrine. Mm -hmm. Remember Jude verse 13, these creepers are raging waves of the sea. Mm -hmm. They're loud, they're boisterous. Mm -hmm. They come in, they're, they're creepers, they creep crept in and, and they win the hearts of men and women to themselves is what they do. Remember what Paul told the church in Ephesus before he left, after he'd been there over three years, weeping with them and pleading with them, preaching and teaching to them the truth of Christ and Him crucified and, 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 the, and the things of the kingdom. And he said, I know that when I leave, mm -hmm. some of you, and it was the elders that he had in the meeting. He called the elders of the church and he said, some of you among your own selves are going to raise, raise yourself up and call, make disciples unto your own self. Mm -hmm. The creepers had been in the church from way back. Yes. Yeah. Way back. They really They've been prophesied about mm -hmm. from way back, which we'll get there mm -hmm. hopefully today. But anyway, look, the... So that even though these people creep into the church, you and I don't have to be children anymore. We don't have to be tossed to and fro by these raging waves of the sea, by these uh, men, these creepers foaming out their own shame. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be duped and seduced and, and carried away through the lust of our own flesh to what they're offering us, mm -hmm. that which is false. You've got to become determined, my friends, to know nothing mm -hmm. but Christ and Him crucified mm -hmm. as the object of faith. You've mm -hmm. got to. If you don't, you cannot contend for the faith, for that is the faith. He says uh, that we from now on be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight, that means the trickery mm -hmm. of men, mm -hmm. and cunning Craftiness. Oh, their craftiness is so cunning, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in the last days, and we're in the last few vapor moments of the last days right now, that men are being deceived because they are deceived, and their entire denominations, entire seminaries are full of nothing but deception. Nothing but deception. They can wallow in the floor, and they can even think they're praising God. But you can't worship God except in spirit and right. in truth. That's right. Outside of that, there is no... You can make it appear that you're worshiping God. If you'll remember, they built a golden calf 50 days after God brought them out of Egypt. But to try to make it look legitimate, they built an altar right beside the golden calf. You, listen, your faith is not in the cross and... It, listen, let me tell you this morning. It is Christ... And him crucified, Amen. there are no ands after that. Any ands or buts after that eliminate you from the grace that only comes from Christ and him crucified. There are no more ands after that. That's right. Amen. You're not contending for the faith. You're being seduced. You're being tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. I, I was for years. I speak from experience. Through the trickery of men. Mm -hmm. And it's not that these men, I don't believe most of these men and women know that they're walking in no. this crafty, cunning no. deception because they're deceived. 
They really think they're in a move of God. They really think. But it's all based on outward aggressive motions and movements. And let me tell you something. God only deals with the heart. And God's the only one that sees the heart. We need to be stirred. Be convicted. Be awakened to the truth. And begin to contend for it. So... James says this in chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. We're talking about the waves of the sea tossed to and fro, to and fro, which is what these creepers come in, whether they know it or not, with the intention of turning God's grace into something that it's not, ungodly. That's ungodly. Amen. Amen. Watch what James said. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally Mm -hmm. and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. Mm -hmm. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Mm -hmm. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Amen. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let me tell you, a double-minded man is not the same as a single-minded man. The double-minded man says, I, yes, the cross, and that's double. Single is, thank God, Jesus did it all at Calvary. He did everything for me. I needed to be saved in the kingdom. The devil defeated me, justified, sanctified. Hallelujah. Me finding the provision of God today. He did it all right there. The cross was more than enough. It covered every single thing that I will ever need. And when I put an and on that, well, brother, you know, it's also we have to and and... and, that, that makes you double-minded. Single-eyed, single-minded is those who say, I'm determined to know nothing, trust in nothing, depend on nothing, but the righteousness of God, which is what Christ offered me through His death. That's right. That is right. Every preacher mm-hmm. who has heard the message of the cross and rejected it, refused to begin to open God's Word and point people to the cross. I'm not talking about throw the word cross in at the end of the message. I'm not talking about say the blood every once in a while at the end of the message to make it sound like I'm... No, I'm talking about opening God's Word and pointing people to the one who the Word is about and what He did at Calvary. I can't help it, people who don't see it. Maybe they will one day. I pray that they do. I can't help that. But I listen, I have to contend for the faith. Amen. I have to contend for it. I'm not being ugly. Mm. Not being ugly. Amen. All right. Now, we've got about twelve minutes. And 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 only those who begin to really Fear the Lord in, 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 the, in the proper sense of fear. You know, let's let's look at something today. I, maybe this will help you. Let's look over at Hebrews chapter 11. I don't have this in my notes, but we'll go over here. I saw it the other day. Hebrews eleven seven. Now, we're going to read this for this purpose. Because of what I told you earlier about Psalms 25, 14. Write that down. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. So you better understand fear. You better know what that means. And then that verse goes on to say, and to them, who is them? Them that fear Him, He shows them His covenant. Now watch this in Hebrews eleven seven. Now, first thing I want to point out in this verse, the first two words and the last two words are the same in this verse. Mm-hmm. This verse starts out by saying, by faith, And it ends by saying, by faith. Mm -hmm. So watch this in verse 7, Hebrews 11. By faith, Noah, being warned of God. Now stop right there. God spoke to Noah. Mm -hmm. Warned of God means God spoke to Noah. Mm -hmm. So by faith, faith can only come by you hearing God. Mm -hmm. 
And see, you and I are blessed today because we have the completion of God's Word in our Bibles. Watch out for those creepers that tell you He's saying things today that may be a little different than what the Bible says. For whatever reason they give, that's a creeper. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Mm -hmm. Oh, here it comes. Moved with fear. Mm -hmm. Prepared an ark. What did he do? He did what God told him to do. Fear has everything to do with you hearing God and walking with God through obedience to His Word. Everything else is fake and pretend and just want to be seen in church, just want to be seen as a minister, just want to be seen carrying a Bible, just want to be seen as spiritual. You've got to be careful about that. I know a woman, I won't tell you who she is, several years ago went to the penitentiary when we went to clean her house out. She had more books in that house than uh, just about any preacher has in his library. Spiritual books. But the devil had a hold of her she was dominated by drugs. She was dominated by alcohol. She was dominated. Man, there was a thousand spirits dominating her life. But she had books all in her house. It don't matter how many books you've got, how much you can tell people, is your faith in Christ and His work at Calvary. That's the only way you can be seen, first of all, by God as obedient. Romans 6, 17, and 18 bear that out in plain English. Only as you put your faith in the obedient one and what he did in being obedient unto death does God see you as obedient. Mm -hmm. He don't see you as obedient because you went and did something. Mm -mm. No. He sees you as obedient. Because Jesus died for you in an act of obedience. Uh And your faith in Him, God says, you're obeying the truth. You're you're obedient now. Not by what you did, but because your faith's in what Christ did. Well, what about Noah? He had to do something. Listen, that was under the old covenant. And what Noah did pointed to Christ and what he would do at Calvary. Because Christ dying on the cross for the sins of humanity is the ark of God presented in the old covenant. Mm -hmm. Think about that. We don't get in a boat now. We get in Christ. But watch this. This is very important. Noah moved with fear. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Mm -hmm. Moving with fear. The fear of the Lord Mm -hmm. is us hearing the Lord, Mm -hmm. evaluating what we've heard, and if we obey in following that truth, There's a manifest fruit. It's manifest. It's not you just saying, I got my own thing going on with God. If you're following after the Spirit, if you're walking in obedience, you're living a life that's manifest for others to see. Your obedience is according to what God has said in His Word. So there, there's something about the word fear there. It moves you to the obedience mm-hmm. of God. Yes. Amen. Fear moves you to the obedience of God. But look, it's by faith mm-hmm. in what God has said. Mm-hmm. Noah could have easily said, you know what? I ain't never seen it rain like that, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't. Noah, by faith, moved with fear. That means he moved with reverence to God. He believed God was going to send a flood like he said. And I better build this ark like God said. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. And if you read on down, it says, By the which he condemned the world. Noah condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Mm-hmm. That's it. Think about that. Right there. That's powerful, isn't it? Amen. So we won't talk about that word. Some of you need to look into that word fear because it's those who have the secret of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not those who are writing these super spiritual books about the secret place and oh, the secret of the Lord. Oh, you just need to uh, be in the secret place. And all these charismatic, listen, the secret of the Lord is the illumination of God's word in our heart concerning Christ yes. and what he did at Calvary. Yes. 
Amen. When you start talking about other yeah. secrets, you're trying to lift yourself up like you've got something other people can't have because they're not at your level. <laughs> That's a bunch of hogwash. That comes from creepers who are deceived and can only deceive. So uh, we've got about five minutes. Y'all are, man, y'all are holding me up today. Uh, verse 14 in Jude says, And Enoch also... See, Jude ain't changing the subject. That's how we say it in Texas. Ain't. Jude ain't changing the subject. The whole letter of Jude is about you being stirred, you being awakened to the righteousness of God, the truth of God, the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved you and gave himself for you, Galatians 2.20, and beginning to contend for it. You're contending for the faith when you're hearing false doctrine and you simply say, well, the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Or somebody brings out, you know, I, you know, I'm listening to this guy and man, he's a powerful preacher. And you say, well, that guy teaches this, but the Bible teaches this. And I don't, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I, they may not like me. That makes me uncomfortable. The cross is never comfortable. No. Contending for the faith mm -hmm. is not comfortable. Suffering is a part of what manifested as the, 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 the power of Paul's ministry. And that he wouldn't quit contending for the faith. He wouldn't move away from his determination to preach anything else because it made others uncomfortable. He wouldn't move And he suffered because of that, which was a manifestation of his faith in Christ. The cross is a place of suffering. He didn't go and beat himself like the Catholic uh, demonic religion uh, does. He didn't go and sleep on a wooden bed. Listen, the, the, the hardships he faced was because of the, his conviction yeah. of the truth, his contending for and preaching the faith, mm -hmm. Christ and Him crucified. Mm -hmm. He didn't make His sufferings happen. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, the world hated me, they're going to hate you. Yeah. When you contend for the faith, you step into a place where you're trusting the Lord. He's given you this truth. He's going to give you everything you need to endure with this truth along the way. And it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter how they look. Remember what the Lord told Jeremiah? Don't look upon the people's faces. If you do, you'll throw the towel in and quit. Preachers, quit worrying about what the congregation thinks. Give them, thus saith the Word of God. Amen. That's what they'll give them what they want to hear. Give them what God's given you to give them, which is a contending, a learning to contend for the faith, to not be moved away from faith in Christ and Him crucified alone. Amen. And verse 14, uh, and we won't have time to do anything but read this because we're about out of time. And he writes this, referring back to Enoch, way back. Mm -hmm. And Enoch also, just the seventh from Adam, yeah. just the seventh uh -huh. son of Adam after Adam, just the seventh, mm -hmm. Enoch is prophesied, let me, like we do in Texas, way back yonder. <laughs> yeah. Way back yonder, Enoch mm -hmm. is prophesied of these, mm -hmm. these that are, have been creeping in. They've been creeping in. They've been deceiving. They've been laying waste. They've been putting things on the table that only really is poison in the pot. They've been killing the church, but you can't blame them because it's the lust of our own flesh that follow after their teachings. Never forget that. James wrote that. He says that Enoch also, just the seventh, from Adam, mm -hmm. prophesied of these Jude is writing about. Mm -hmm. See, the focus hasn't changed. Yeah. Say, behold, the Lord's coming. Mm -hmm. The Lord's coming, and He's coming with ten thousands of His saints. That means wow. there is no, it's unlimited. That's it. I want you to know, saints, yeah. If you endure to the end, if you hold fast that confidence you had at the beginning and to the end, you're going to be saved, you're going to make it, and when the Lord comes back to reign for a thousand years, you're coming back with Him. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah! Amen. You're coming back with Him. Amen. That's good news, isn't it? <laughs> now, now, I'm going to read verse 15, and we got to shut it down. And next week, 
will be the day after our camp meeting. If I if I can still move and, and, and get around, and I'm sure we will, next Friday we'll get into this. But I'm going to read verse 15 as well, then we'll cover it next week. He's coming back to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. Powerful, isn't it? Jesus is coming back to straighten it all out. And every liar will be known as a liar. Ever false, all these creepers, Jesus is going to point them out and convince them they're creepers. Yeah. And we're going to reign with Him for a thousand years. Glory to God. All I can say this morning is come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad you've been with us today. Amen. I pray this has been a blessing to you. If you have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, I know it has. Tune in with us every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time right here. And help us publish this. Thank God for your comments and your likes. But hit the share button. Send it out to all your friends, relatives, co-workers so that they can be stirred awakened and begin to contend for the faith. Until next time, God bless you. We love you. And stay determined to know absolutely nothing Amen. but Christ and Him crucified. Amen. See you then. Amen. You're, you're going to have Bible study next Friday? No, we, won't. we won't. I forgot. <laughs>